I'll tell you that self-bill is urged, which in the 11th year of the last king's reign was like, and had indeed against us passed, but that the scambling and unquiet time did push it out of further question. But how, my lord, shall we resist it now? It must be thought on. If it pass against us, we lose the better half of our possession, for all the temporal lands which men devout by testament have given to the church would they strip from us, being valued thus, as much as would maintain to the king's honor full 15 earls and 1,500 knights, 6,200 good esquires, and to relief of Lazarus, and weak age of indigent faint souls past corporal toil, a hundred almshouses, right well supplied, and to the coffers of the king beside a thousand pounds by the year. Thus runs the bill. This would drink deep. To drink the cup and all. But what prevention? The king is full of grace and fair regard. And a true lover of the Holy Church. <laughs> the courses of his youth promised it not. The breath no sooner left his father's body, but that his wildness mortified in him seemed to die too. Yea, all at that very moment, consideration like an angel came and whipped mm. the offending Adam out of him, leaving his body as a paradise to envelop and contain celestial spirits. Never was such a sudden scholar made. Never came reformation in a flood with such a heady currents, scouring faults, nor never hydra-headed willfulness so soon did lose his seat. And all at once, as in this king, we are blessed in the change. Hear him but reason in divinity, and all admiring with an inward wish you would desire the king were made a prelate. Hear him debate of commonwealth affairs, you would say it hath been all in all his study. List his discourse of war, and you shall hear a fearful battle rendered you in music. Turn him to any cause of policy, the Gordian knot of it he will unloose, familiar as his garter, that when he speaks, the air, a chartered libertine, is still, and the mute wonder lurketh in men's ears to steal the sweet and honeyed sentences, so that the art and practique part of life must be the mistress to this theoric, which is a wonder how his grace should glean it, since his addiction was to courses vain, his companies unlettered, rude, and shallow, his hours filled up with riots, banquets, sports, and never noted in him any study, any retirement, any sequestration from open haunts and popularity. The strawberry grows underneath the nettle, and wholesome berries thrive and ripen best, neighbored by fruit of baser quality. And so the prince obscured his contemplation under the veil of wildness, which no doubt 
grew like the summer grass, fast as by night, unseen, yet crescive in his faculty. It must be so, for miracles are ceased, and therefore we must needs admit the means how things are perfected. But my good Lord, how now for mitigation of this bill, urged by the commons, doth his majesty incline to it or no? He seems indifferent, or rather swaying more upon our part than cherishing the exhibitors against us. For I have made an offer to his majesty upon our spiritual convocation, and in regard to causes now in hand, which I have opened to his grace at large, as touching France, to give a greater sum than ever at one time the clergy yet did to his predecessors part with all. How did this offer seem received, my lord? With good acceptance of his majesty's, save that there was not time enough to hear, as I perceived his grace would fain have done, the severals and unhidden passages of his true titles to some certain dukedoms and generally to the crown and seat of France, derived from Edward, his great-grandfather. What was the impediment that broke this off? The French ambassador upon that instant craved audience. And the hour, I think, is come to give him hearing. Is it four o'clock? It is. Then go in to know his embassy, which I could with a ready guess declare before the Frenchman speak a word of it. I'll wait upon you and long to hear it. 